the title of today's message is Don't Live for the Dot, and we're going to be looking at Colossians 3, 2 in a few minutes. Um, first, I want to start a long time ago. Uh, by the way, first a confession. My daughter came up to me at the end of the last service and said, well, you just lied to the whole church. I said, okay. <clears throat> Later in the sermon, I told him I was 73. She said, you're 72. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> it just doesn't matter, you know? <laughs> if you're in this group, you know what I mean. It's just, I re Anyhow... I am 72 now. Uh, so the, explaining the first slide says, when I was a boy, I'm not going to be talking with you about uh, going to school, walking to school in the snow and going uphill both ways and all that stuff. I'm just not doing that. <clears throat> but I'm going to remind you of when I was a little boy, we were having revi August revival meeting. We had revivals two times a year. And uh, this was August revival. And sometime during the week, one night, I was sitting kind of like over in here, second row with a bunch of other kids. And we behaved. This was back in the 50s. And... Uh, <laughs> We, we were alone, but we were keeping it together. And uh, the preacher was preaching revival sermons, you know. And the Holy Spirit worked on my heart. And I realized I was lost. I was a sinner without hope on my own. And I needed the Savior Jesus Christ. The problem was at invitation time, I was a little guy, but I had a grip to that back pew, that back of that pew in front of me, and I held on that whole song, and I was still holding on when it was over, and I went home, and in my little boy way, I apologized to God, and I said, if you'll let me live till tomorrow, I'll take care of this. Uh, he did. I did. Uh, when it was time for the invitation, I came right out. I was saved. A few other kids came in behind me, then some adults. It, it was the biggest night of the week of, as far as salvations. And uh, I rejoiced in that. And I <clears throat> just, it was exciting. Well, that next Sunday came and our pastor, Wallace Priest, was back in the pulpit and he was preaching. And when the sermon was over and we left, I went to Mama. Mama, did you hear what he said at the end of the sermon? What, honey? He told folks how to get saved. Honey, he does that every single week. I've been there all those weeks and I hadn't heard it. What's the difference? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit convicts us from sin. And I'm telling that story to remind you 
When the Holy Spirit convicts you, go ahead and let go of that pew. You'll have a better night's sleep and you can take care of business. But I still remember that vividly and I won't pretend to do the math and tell you how long ago it was. Uh, but I'm so grateful and, and I'm still a little amazed that all those years I was in church, I never heard that plan of salvation till God quickened my heart. What a gift, what a gift. <clears throat> Today, I'm going to go ahead and tell you what my end goal is. First, I want you to keep an eye on eternity, meaning heaven. And the other one is heaven isn't boring. Have you ever heard a sermon on the heaven isn't boring? Well, you're here, so you, you made it. Uh, it's really a burden on my heart because as I grew up, I might occasionally hear a sermon about heaven and it was basically saying God loves us, he's taking care of everything, it's going to be good. And that's about as much as I got other than we'll be glorifying the Lord. And that's really about all I've gotten for a long time, for a real long time. And needless to say, since Bonnie died, I've been very interested in heaven and been researching more. But anyhow, I'm trying to get ahead of myself. We're in a fallen world. Let me read for you Romans 5.12. When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone, so everyone sinned. You know, when Adam sinned, I, I, talking to the teenagers, original sin and talking to the teenagers is kind of an interesting challenge. The best illustration I could come up with, and I know it's weak, so don't write me letters, but I'd say, you're on the bus. Adam's driving the bus. He decides to drive off a cliff. Where are you? Off the cliff. You got it. That's original sin. Sorry, you're on the bus. And it kind of is that way, folks. Um, but we live now under the curse of sin. We're born with a sinful nature. We live in a fallen world. C.S. Lewis in his writings called our world the Shadowlands. Um, and I think that's a, a wonderful term because uh, the vividness and the wonder of Eden, the original Eden before the fall has been lost. Everything's dimmed down. Everything's moderated because we're on that fallen world. 
Yeah. Let's think of heaven a little bit. First part about heaven. What image comes to your mind when I say heaven? Go ahead and think about it a second. I'm not going to ask how many folks had clouds, halos, and wings, but uh, we get our understanding of what heaven looks like, regrettably, from television a lot of the time. And they just don't have a clue. Sometimes books. Sometimes comic strips. There's a far side cartoon that shows a guy sitting on a cloud, just sitting there, kind of frumpy, plain expression, halo, wings, all the cliche stuff going. No heart, by the way. And there's a bubble thought above, and he's saying, wish I brought a magazine. Yeah, What's, what makes it tough is in the, the things I've studied and I've learned, there are great theologians even through history and people who served the Lord well on this earth who said they dreaded heaven because they thought it'd be boring. Oh my goodness. Next slide, we're going to look at eternity. And that's the arrow going both directions. Uh, and it didn't begin, it didn't end. That's eternity. We live in the dot. There's a dot on eternity. And that dot represents your life, your beginning to your end. Some of us have bigger dots, some of us smaller dots, depending on how long we live. But we've got limited time here on earth. It makes me remember another car. I don't just see cartoons, but anyhow, here's another cartoon. House, garage, garage doors brought up. Here's the grandpa and the adult son, and the grandpa's doing this at the door that's up. There's stuff piled all the way to the ceiling in there, and grandpa's saying, and just think, son, all of this will be yours someday. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Living on the dot. If we live for the dot, our focus is going to be on material things. It's going to be on what we can get, what we can enjoy, and what we can do while we're here that pleases us, the here and now. I suggest instead of that, we keep an eye on eternity. Colossians 3.12 says this, Think about things of heaven, not the things of earth. By the way, this is a command. 
I don't want to ask you to show hands if you really thought about heaven this week, month, year. It doesn't tend to be at the forethought. Why? We don't know much about it. And I'm not going to tell you a whole lot today, but it's my goal to whet your appetite to find out more about heaven. That's what I want to see happen with this. When we have an eye on eternity, it brings comfort when when we're in situations that bring pain or heartache, even when we're enduring persecution. The folks this was written to were enduring persecution. Keep your eyes on heaven, not on earth. It's Heaven is not like the far side cartoon where you wish you had a magazine. When I think about heaven, the, I'll go ahead and say there's what theologians call the intermediate heaven, which is where you go when you die. And as wonderful as that is, and it is, As wonderful as it is, there's more. Because at the right time, God's going to bring the new heaven and new earth. And that's when our minds are kind of totally blown by God's love and creativity. I wonder sometimes when I get escorted up into intermediate heaven, I really believe I'll be escorted by a couple of angels. There's not St. Peter. There's not a gate. The angels knew who they were waiting on. And scripture talks about our death as when death is swallowed up by life. God understands it's us being born into heaven. They're celebrating our arrival. And I wonder, will a loved one from earth show me around? Maybe. An angel? Wonder who? Because somebody's going to show me around. Uh, I wonder, instead of like that old guy pointing at the garage, am I storing my riches above or am I burning them up here? Things I think about. In heaven, even intermediate heaven, we are going to have constant fellowship with Jesus. Guys, this is incredible. We've all had these incredibly tender, wonderful spiritual moments where we just sense the Lord's love and presence and care. What if that was always? And I'll be honest, you don't really need much else if you got that. But that's what we're going to be greeted with, a relationship with Jesus that surpasses any relationship we've had with anyone ever. That's exciting to me. 
And at the right time, as I mentioned, God's going to create the new heaven and the new earth. We're going to look at Revelation 21.1. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared. A new heaven, a new earth. Beloved, new heaven, new earth stuff fires me up. I don't know if I ever heard a sermon mention new heaven and new earth. At least not till maybe when I was lead music at Chicopee Baptist in Gainesville, Georgia, a long time ago. Maybe then, Brother Whiting, about a month before he died, preached on heaven. I'm grateful to, for two pastors. Uh, Chilp Ingram and Chilp Alcorn. I don't know either of them, but I've bought their books. And they have incredible books about heaven, and I do highly recommend them. Chilp Ingram, Randy Alcorn. But here's the thing. The devil is perpetuating his lie that heaven is boring. Why would the devil do that? Do you go around thinking about boring things? No. Do you go around thinking about exciting things that make you just kind of ready? Yeah. And if the devil can convince us that heaven is boring, instead of obeying that verse that said we're to keep our minds on heaven and I on eternity, instead of that, we're going to be going around focusing on earthly things, exactly what he said don't focus on. Focusing on uh, just whatever. Things, things we want, things we're trying to figure out how to get, things we have and trying to figure out, well, am I tired of them yet or not? When, 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 when our mind's in that world, the devil is not worried about us having much impact at all on this world. And we don't have much that people want to catch either. We're not real exciting folks. The devil's lie. In heaven, especially in the new heaven and new earth, I want to remind you of God's creativity. Think of the original Eden. Adam, Eve, the angels. They were watching. Sorry about that. I got carried away. The animals, the other A word. The animals, the, the land, the plants, their relationship with the plants and their relationship with the animals, the relationship of animals with each other. All this stuff going on. Incredible. When I think of the new heaven and new earth, how much of that, since God said that's good, is going to be over here in new heaven and new earth? We're waiting to see the details. But it makes sense there's going to be a lot alike. When I think about the... Uh, 
God's creativity in animals. When we stop and think about everything from giraffe to duck-billed platypus, God had incredible humor. Frankly, looking at us, he has plenty of humor. But think of all the races, all the nations that are going to be represented on the new heaven, new earth. Worshiping Christ, honoring him. Ah, uh, we're going to have meaningful, productive work. And I don't mean the bad word work. I mean the fulfilling word work. I mean, we're going to have a job that fits us so well that nobody makes us do it and we wouldn't trade jobs with anyone else in the world because this is mine and it fits me perfectly. Ah, that's exciting. When I think about heaven, the new heaven, I think about what it's going to look like. In June, to uh, celebrate my son and his wife's 15th anniversary in December, in June we went to Alaska because you just don't want to go to Alaska in December. Uh, but we went and it was magnificent like many of you have said one of the things that struck me so incredibly, the way everything was, the way it looked, the way that creation was laid out and I could see. And I took pictures and golly, they're wimpy by comparison. You just can't capture that power and majesty and that's in the shadow lands. What do you think that's going to look like in the new heaven and new earth? Oh, man, I get excited thinking about it. And to be real honest, it's changed my view of my remaining years alive. I never had a bucket list, but I did think, well, I'd kind of like to do this. I'd kind of like to do this. There's this train that Richard's been on that goes all the way from California up to Seattle, all up the West Coast. I thought that'd be cool. You know what? I don't have a bug for that anymore. The more I've understood the new heaven, I want to see that one. I want to explore our world then when it's in its full vitality, full glory, honoring God, just even, even the, the land itself glorifying God. That I'm fired up about. This world is going to be filled with wonderful, wonderful, interesting people who worship God. They are going to be growing be learning, and I'm getting a little ahead of myself. I'll hit that some more in a minute. I don't think any bucket list that's completed all the way through 
would compare with one ordinary day on the new earth. And I'm excited about eternity. And I'm not bringing a magazine. No grief. No guilt. No pain. No sadness. No being bored. That's heaven. Amen. Amen. I haven't passed my peak. I haven't reached it yet. Now, if you take a good look at me, you might go, you haven't passed your peak. Let me define it a little more carefully. On my dot, I've passed my peak a while back. No argument. I'm not finished yet. Because when I receive that glorified body, that renewed mind, the ability to function without the old sin nature, the ability to function in a, in a planet that is holy and honoring God instead of a fallen planet. Oh, yeah. It's going to be incredible. Um, I'm going to keep learning new skills. I'm going to have that healthy and strong body I'll be happy, I'll be productive in the job that just fires me up to start every day. By the way, I've been blessed a couple of times, at least having spurts of time, that I've honestly thought, if I got a million bucks today, I'd be back here at work tomorrow because it fits so well. I can't wait to see how this job I might learn to really play a musical instrument. I've played with several through the years, but I might really get good at one. Maybe I'll be singing or leading a choir. Maybe, maybe I'll have a little forge out back where I do a little blacksmithing, making knives. My granddaddy was a blacksmith. Don't live for the dot. Live with an eye on eternity, please. When we experience hard times, physical problems, grief, and uncertain for future, we're blessed when we stop and think about the things of heaven. Those earthly troubles may not change at least not right then. But our heart will renew just thinking about eternity, thinking about heaven. We're blessed when we remember to store our riches there instead of here.